You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. So this morning, we're going to wrap this one up, and we're going to wrap it up by talking about uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, And this is always a fun one because I think it's very hands-on, and it's a way that we can think about what God is doing in us, in you, and how God has gifted you to make a difference in this world. Uh, So this morning, we'll look at one scripture in particular that Cassian read for us this morning. Uh, But if you follow along at todayatcitrus.org, you can see a couple other scriptures about um, spiritual gifts. And so you could follow along there if you'd like. Uh, But as we think about this, what we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks is how the Holy Spirit is present to bring the church together. The Holy Spirit is kind of like the glue that holds the people, the church, together. Now, when I say church, I'm not really talking about the building, and that's easy for us here because we don't have a building to get worried about, do we? Uh, the, the, the church is the people, and the Holy Spirit is the glue that holds us and unites us despite our differences together. Right? And so the Holy Spirit equips you and I to do that work. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for us, but the Holy Spirit works in your heart and in my heart to keep us united and engaged and connected with each other. It reminds us uh, of that as we look at Ephesians 4. And so part of this is what we just read. But I wanted to highlight some of the gifts of the Spirit this morning. And so if you notice in in orange and yellow are the highlighted gifts of the Spirit. There's about 20 of them. And they come from three different places in the Apostle Paul's writing. We'll look at a full list later. But for now, here's five. Uh, Paul writes that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. His purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of God's Son. And I love that someone younger read this to us to remind us that God's call, His goal, is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, to be measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result... We aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful schemes and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him and is joined and held together by the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow and that it builds itself up with love as each one does their part. Um, And so to put this a little bit different way, this is not an original quote to me, but somebody said, and I couldn't find who it was, that everybody can accomplish more than somebody. And this is really the nature of the church, that everybody can accomplish more than somebody. It's the power of togetherness. It's the power of what we can do when we work together. And God designed this entire church, our church, all churches, every generation, to be a community where people work together to accomplish what God wants to do. And if you're still thinking like, well, how do we do that? I want to give you a little bit of an example. And so I want to take you to everybody's favorite spot in town, the tax collector's office. Who has had to go here recently before it even moved, right? Okay, so now the tax collector's office is at the West Oaks Mall. Uh, But before that, it was right here on 50. And I noticed when I went to the tax collector's office, because I had to transfer a title over, that they had strategically done this, or at least they were finding a way for everybody to work together to help somebody. 
So when you go to the tax collector's office, uh, you, you queue up, as they say in Britain and Disney World. Right? You get in line, and, and on that particular day, I had a 90-minute wait for our title. I'm sure some of you have had longer waits. Can I get an amen? Right? I'm thankful for their system where you can get in line and kind of wait. But basically, we know that when we go here, we're going to have to wait. What I love about this, and I don't think it was planned this way, is did you notice what is right next door to the tax collector's office? Yeah, Little Caesars. Now, that Little Caesars, before Mosaic Church moved in and before the tax collectors, I kind of wonder what their business looked like. Because they're set back from the road, and they're not the most convenient place if you're kind of going through the major intersections of Winter Garden or if you're passing through 50. But what I notice is that Little Caesars never ceases to be busy. And they can never seem to keep enough $5 hot and fresh pizzas ready in the window to satisfy the needs of people. Because what happens is the tax collector has a system where you go there and you wait a long period of time. And then right next door is a system where when you're waiting and hungry, you can satisfy your immediate needs with food. So what I have witnessed on the few times that I've been here is people go in, they check in, and then what? They go next door and they get a pizza or a drink or some breadsticks. Maybe y'all are healthy, but that's what I do. Okay. So what I've seen is that these two individual institutions may have their own life, but because of their life together, everybody is able to accomplish more. Little Caesars gets more business. The tax collector probably has people less angry and frustrated because at least they've got food, right? So when you think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you think about the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want you to think about Little Caesars and the tax collector's office, all right? Because in a lot of ways, this is how we work together in the church. We each bring something unique and very different, and yet we have a way to complement the ministry of each other. So as we saw earlier, the goal for us is to grow up, and you might be saying, well, Paul, uh, my name is Brian, in case you're new, Paul's the person who wrote this. You might be saying, Paul, I'm already an adult. Like, why are you telling me to grow up? And it's the reality that when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, what happens is our life starts over. So while we may be old in life, we become young in the life of faith. Essentially, we're like a newborn infant, a few of those who are here today, and we need to be held, we need to be taught, we need to be instructed in the life of faith, because for any period of time we've lived away from God or not following Jesus. And so whatever the case, when we choose to follow Jesus or begin to make that commitment, we become infants in the faith again. And Paul is telling us, infancy is valuable, but grow up eventually, right? Like a four-month-old is adorable, but my hunch is we hope that they will grow up mostly so we can sleep again, right? So that we can study. I got an amen. Perfect. Yeah. We recognize that that's a stage of their life, but, but no one expects an infant to stay four months old forever. We expect them to grow and develop and learn and to be nurtured. And God expects the same thing of you and I, that in our faith journey that we would continue to grow and be nurtured that our faith would grow and develop, that we would seek to learn more about who God is and how God is working in our life. And Paul says the way we do that is by learning about our spiritual gifts, and I'll give you a, a way to do that in just a little bit. The way we do that is by learning about our spiritual gifts and growing accordingly. So 
the challenge that the church faces is that uh, sometimes sharing is hard for us as kids, right? The kids this morning are actually doing a really great job sharing, and we'll see if that kind of continues. We expect that kids have a hard time sharing, but adults have a hard time sharing too. On Friday, I was driving up the turnpike, and I was about to make that merge from the turnpike to the 429. You know the loop where you can go left to go to Tampa or Horizon West area? You can go right to kind of go to the North 429. And as I did my part of merging over as soon as I could, following the slow traffic, and then watching car after car zoom by to the front of the line and cut off the entire line, how many of you all have seen that happen? Right. I was reminded once again that adults are just as, if not more, impatient than children. Right. That sometimes we have a hard time sharing. That the person who waited in the line, like me, is just as important as the person who rushes ahead. It's a reminder to us that as our life as followers of Jesus Christ and our life as the church, that at times we have trouble sharing. One of the blessings of being in a new church is we just don't have a lot of drama or things that have like blown up and there's a group over here and a group over here. But it doesn't take long to be around a church to know that in time, There's a faction that wants this or a faction that wants this, and each group thinks they're right, and we begin to butt heads with each other. And so it happened back then, it happens today, and Paul reminds us that as the church, we need to find ways to work together. We need to find ways to share life together. And as if by example, this morning, you may find this service very distracting this morning. Can I get an amen? It is hard to focus when you have a lot of voices. Adults do a great job sitting and quietly listening in worship, right? And like you guys don't even fall asleep during worship, so thank you. It's a lot harder when there's other voices. So you might be wondering this morning, why do we have kids in worship with us? One of the things that we have seen in the church over the last couple of generations is that we have found it easier to put kids in a separate room and to teach them. And we do that too. And it's a benefit because it helps all the kids to learn about who Jesus is and words that they understand. Because let's be honest, I use words like spiritual gifts and these Greek words, and they don't understand it. We don't understand it. But what's happened is over a couple of generations, we've, we've raised kids in separate rooms, and then they become youth. And we've raised teenagers to worship at separate times and in separate places. And so when those kids and teenagers graduate... And we say, okay, now you're an adult. You can come into our adult, our big worship service. They come into a space like this, and it's a foreign country to them. This doesn't make any sense to them at all. And generation after generation, we are seeing in the church where kids are becoming youth and teenagers. And when they graduate, they have no connection with adult church. Because we've separated and and segregated them for so long that this makes no sense to them. They don't understand how God is present. So I want to acknowledge that this is hard for us to focus this morning. This is hard for me to focus this morning. But what we're doing this morning is trying to find a way, as imperfect as it is, to say that if the kids are not with the adults and the adults are not with the kids, then we are missing something crucial about the faith. We are hurting ourselves as adults because we don't have them and their curiosity and their questions. And they're missing something because they're not experiencing a worship that can help nurture them over the entire course of their life. So I just want to affirm you, you're doing so good this morning. You guys are doing so good this morning. This is what it looks like when the church uses its spiritual gifts to work together. It is not perfect, 
It is not convenient. It is not easy. But this is what God's ministry and kingdom looks like. And so as we think about that this morning, I want to lift up what God invites us to do. And it comes from chapter, uh, verse 16. It says, The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each person does their part. So we talked about how maturity is us growing up and doing our part. Uh, And I wanted to highlight a couple of the parts that are played on a Sunday morning. Uh, Normally we would have teachers teaching next door. Uh, Raise your hand if you have have or are or usually teach with the kids. Throw your hands up. Okay, look around. There's a few. You maybe can't see them all. So part of what we wanted to do was to give those who teach a chance to be in worship together with the community. I'm thankful for them because they're helping the kids learn about who Jesus is in their life. I'm also thankful for our board who raised their hand earlier, who committed their personal time to be unpaid to serve and to help our church community grow. I am super thankful for our outside greeters. So you know them because have you ever seen the person who stands outside under the tent and says hi to you as you come in? They are the ones who volunteer with heat indexes of 100 to welcome you because they believe so much in what God is doing that they want to make sure that as you're coming in across the parking lot and you're like, man, it's hot today, that you feel welcomed and valued and loved as you're coming across and coming in to the air-conditioned space. And so there's, there's people who come in and who help move boxes and carts and who help put those away. Uh, there's people who spent their money and their time this week gathering backpacks in our collection drive for Water Spring Elementary. Uh, there's some of you who are serving on your HOA boards, who are serving on your PTO committees at your school, who are volunteering in our schools. And maybe you're thinking, what does that have to do with the church? It's a way of living our life of faith outside of these walls. And you might be thinking, well, what does setting up a space or standing out front have to do with my spiritual gift that I can offer to God? Maybe it's hard to correlate. We've got these large black boxes that we roll in and roll out. We put a bunch of stuff in it. Everything rolls in. And you might be thinking, like, where in the list of the Bible is the spiritual gift of cart pushing? Right? Where in the Bible does it talk about loading a trailer for the glory of God? Right? Maybe you don't see that there, but what the Bible tells us is that God has gifted some with the gift of servanthood, some with the gift of helping, who just say there's a need and I want to fill it. God has helped some to be evangelists and share the good news of Jesus. And we would not be able to share the good news of Jesus in this way if it wasn't for those who do that work before and after. And so what I want to do is thank those who are using their gifts and for all of us who found a way to do that. But I want to remind you that God gives gifts to everyone. Okay, so raise your hand if you can hear me. Okay, hopefully everybody has their hand up, right? If you have your hand up, God has given you a spiritual gift. The Bible tells us that all of us who confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God gives you a spiritual gift. And maybe that seems a little bit far-fetched and it's hard to figure out the science and the nuance of that. That's okay. What I hope to start this morning is, is a desire in you to learn what those gifts are and how you can use them. Because the truth is, is that everybody can accomplish more than somebody. And one of the ways that I've been blessed by that is that when we first moved to this area to help launch this church, we didn't really know anybody, and we didn't really know not about, a lot about how to proceed. 
And what I was thankful for was, in particular, uh, Life Church, which uh, is in Lakeside Village, but will be moving over to Water Spring Elementary when they open. Uh, they're a Southern Baptist church, but their, their pastor connected with me, and we had lunch, and he sat down, and he said, whatever you need, we want to help. If your team wants to see how we do setup, you're welcome to come on a Sunday morning. If there's things that we can answer or questions we can answer, we want to help. And in times past, a Southern Baptist church built their building here, and a Methodist church like us built our building here, and we all just tried to get out before the other one so we could get to lunch early, right? And yet, they reached out to us and said, we have gifts that we want to share with you. And so, of course, over the last couple of years, other churches have begun to plant churches here in Horizon West. And most recently, the Episcopal Church is beginning to start a new one called All Souls Church. And they're in the early phases of gathering for meetings and in-home times. And it was so great to get to sit down with their pastor and say, if there is a way that we can help, if you want to come on Sunday and see our setup and learn from our mistakes and the things that we've gotten right by God's grace, please come. Bring your team. If there is a way that we can help you, we want to. Because my goal and their goal isn't for us to build our individual churches and kingdoms. Our goal is to share the good news of Jesus and to live it here in the Horizon West. And I believe we can do that better together. So think about the ways that you might be different than your neighbors, different than your coworkers, different than the person sitting next to you. And yet, one of you is the tax collector and one of you is Little Caesars. And each of you has something that only you can offer, but is better together. So what I want to share this morning is how there are different spiritual gifts listed here in Scripture. And there's a list of 20 of them. They cover a couple of different passages, so you get some of them in Romans, some of them in Ephesians, where we read this morning, and some of them in Corinthians. There's a full list, so if you don't want to write this down, you don't have to, there at, citrus, at todayatcitrus.org. Now, the way that the Spirit works is that not everyone has these gifts. Sometimes we think, like, the pastor has all of these. Like, I've got family and volunteers who can tell you that I don't have most of these, right? Yeah, amen, thank you. Because one of the gifts is shepherding, which is the other word for teaching. But you can see how together all of us can accomplish more. God has not given me all these gifts. But God has given all of us all these gifts together. And so as all of us use our gifts and work together, we can do the work that God's called us to. And if maybe you've said to yourself, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea where to begin. There's a, an assessment for the United Methodist Church at this link right here. And so I want to encourage you to go to that, leave it open, bookmark it later today to go back and take that assessment. It's got like 20 questions. It'll take you probably 10 minutes at the most to go through it. And it'll give you a list of here are three potential top spiritual gifts that you might have. So if you will go and do that, you will start yourself on a journey to finding your gifts. It'll have little explanations. And what I would love for you to do is, if you do that, to send me your top one or two gifts, uh, brian at citruschurch.org, and I'd love to talk more about how you can use those, how you can get connected, or how you can get involved. There's not one that says, like, cart pusher, right? But that's an opportunity. We also have opportunities with our leadership board, with serving in the community. There's lots of different ways. And the truth is, is that we're stronger when we all use our gifts together. 
So where I'd like to leave us this morning is with uh, something that is old but valuable, and it's a quote from St. Teresa of Avila. Perhaps you've heard this before, but I'd like to offer this as uh, not just a poem and words to you, but I'd like to offer this to you as a charge, something that I'm challenging you to live into. She writes, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. What a challenge for us to live into that this week as we discover our spiritual gifts. I'd love to talk more with you about that. I'd like to encourage you to take that assessment. But in whatever we do this week, let us be encouraged that God has equipped us and is sending us. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.